0: betting landscape from coast to coast this is betting across america with mike pritchard and josh applebaum on VSense, the sports betting
3: network good afternoon everybody and welcome into the show it is betting across america and we are presented by BetMGM. gym i'm mike pritchard one half of your hosting team i'm in vegas the other half of the hosting team on the show today is josh applebaum out in boston josh good afternoon Good afternoon, Pritch. And I got to say thank you for a unbelievably awesome text that you sent me.
4: I was busy uh, taking Meadow out, you know, to go to the bathroom out in the backyard. And I get a text from my guy, Mike Pritchard, that Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart (laughs) wins the defensive player of the year award. So Pritch, I'm feeling great. This was a information-based bet that we talked about quite a bit on the show. You know, at one point you had, you know, Rudy Gobert, Mikkel Bridges, you know, some of these other guys, Jaron Jackson on the leaderboard. What we were really looking at is that low bets higher dollar bets with the fact that Marcus Smott was only getting five percent of bets, bridge, but over 20% of the money. The line moved in his favor. A lot of these books opened. You know, I'm feeling good. I got a plus one sixty on smart. I'm not as good as these other guys who had Marcus Smart, you know, 55 to 1 to start the year. Somebody put a hundred bucks on it. So mm-hmm. just goes to show you, Pritch. You know, we're always talking the day-to-day grind of sports betting. And I love just, you know, what what are the games tonight? What can we get down on tonight? What's a sharp bet for tonight? But if you want to be, you know, uh, I don't know, the most well-rounded sports better that you can be. The prop market is always available to you. And if you can utilize some of the data that we offer at VEASAN getting you these DraftKings and BetMGM percentage of bets, percentage of money, particularly in the prop market that I think, you know, can really show you uh, because it's out there for so long. You can track the movement. You can look at the bet and dollar discrepancy. Uh, So it's great to see anyone who's able to get that Marcus Smart prop bet. Uh, and, Pritch, next up is Jokic. If you can send me a text when Jokic wins it, I'll be even happier.
3: Well, feel good about that one, that situation, certainly because of what Jokic has done this year. But we just had that on the screen with Marcus Smart. And so I want to highlight that here on VSEN. Uh And certainly betting cost America, too, because you've mentioned Marcus Smart for a while. Uh, how do you spell that one more time? <laughs> S-M-A-A-H-H-H-H-H-H-T. Oh, okay, a lot Marcus of H's is in there, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, look at this. $1,000. Uh, somebody had a $1,000 bet, 66-1. to 1. I was able to hit that right there early on. But, I mean, when you mentioned it to you, you got a good price on that. And you know you're living right, Josh Applebaum, when uh, I send you that text and you had no idea that you won that bet and you are going to catch that ticket. So you know that you're living right that way.
4: No, and that's why you got my back, Brett. So <laughs> I always got your back. You got mine. But yeah, I'm always unclear like when they're gonna announce these awards. Yep. I feel like they're kind of like at times that you don't really expect. So uh, yeah, it's great to be you know uh, you know you know alerted by a great winning bet there. But I think you know just from whether you bet smart or not you can kind of apply this strategy that we talk all the time on Betting cross America at, you know, let's look at the bets. Let's look at the money. How is the line moving? Also think, you know, it's not just low bets, higher dollars that we look for, but also a narrative. Like Smart was coming from the number one defensive efficiency team in the NBA. So I think he had kind of that in his favor. They're going to take the best defensive player from the best defensive team and a guy that, you know, has been in this conversation pretty much his whole career, but never actually won it. So it's kind of the perfect storm there, putting all those factors together. But if you can see, here's the one thing, Pritch, like you would have loved a 66 to one, 55 to one, but even if you wait it out and you let the bets build and you let the movement, really these are bets that I like to make, you know, obviously you want a better number, but toward the tail end of the season when you have the most data, you have the most movement and you're starting to see the tea leaves of where these people might vote, smart comes through for you. Great hit to start the,
3: uh, the program. Tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Great hit right there. Great hit too from yesterday with you listening to Betting Across America. We had one uh, Chris Miles on the program uh, and he was outstanding NBA TV uh, host and uh, he gave out the blueprint on what uh, the Mavs needed to do to beat uh, the Jazz. And uh, he could not be more spot on uh, with his analysis. So, again, it pays to listen. It pays to be a subscriber here at VSEN. Uh You get the best bet emails as well. But, I mean, unbelievable situation as we have that game two situation take place between the Mavs uh, and the Jazz. Uh, Josh, what do you think of that?
4: Yeah, so first off, shout out to to Chris who really yeah. went money line there. And I'm like, oh, you're you're getting being bold here taking <laughs> the money line, but obviously it pays off for him about a you know plus one eighty in that spot. So I think from our angle Pritch, there were two ways to look at this game. Number one, we highlighted the over. You know, I mm-hmm. look at these situations where you get into the postseason, kind of like March Madness, you see a lot of respected money hit the under most of the time in these big playoff games. But the one or you know, there's only like one or two a day. There's actually one today that matches as well, but those little games that, you know, tick up to the total to me, that's almost pure respected money because public will always lean over pros lean under this time of year. You know, the style of play you lock down on defense. These games are so critical that if you actually see a total rise, to me, it's more meaningful because it's it's basically the odds makers or the respected betters are telling you, hey, we actually like that 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 opening number you know was a little bit low and maybe got hit to the over. So yesterday, that one opened 203. Pritch, we were doing the show. I think it was 205 and a half after the show. It steamed up even higher to 206 and a half. So you get that that over there, and then also you know again, I didn't go money line here, but getting the points of the Mavericks, we talked about being a fishy number and identifying Mm -hmm. these fishy numbers where, you know, the jazz were getting across the board. I think like two thirds of bets, very popular play, no Doncic, but here's the thing, line freeze action. If everyone was betting the jazz last night and they're opening minus five, why did they stay right at minus five? Why didn't they go up to minus six, minus seven? You know, we saw that move to the 76ers, that line going up, they ended up covering the number. But anytime it's a popular play and yet the line won't move, it tells me that the books are really more concerned about that contrarian money coming in on the Mavericks there. So really great game. You know, the overhits. obviously Mavs win that thing. And now if you can get Doncic back, Pritch, this could be a pretty good series
3: and maybe go deep. Well, it's tied right now. I was doing a math on Doncic. We'll get to that in a minute. But updated series prices after game two, the Jazz minus 275, uh, the Mavs plus 200. Uh, and something that we've highlighted before, home court, uh, really helps those uh, role players, right? And we saw Kleber uh, step up and uh, make some good shots, some clutch shots right there, clutch rebounding too. Uh, but then Brunson was just off the charts. And again, highlight uh, to Chris Miles from NBA TV uh, who highlighted Brunson and the fact that, okay, what's the motivating factor right there? He's got a lot of them. Uh, and he was a standout player, along with Dinwiddie uh, at times too. But the defensive effort has already been established for the Mavs. Now you mentioned Luca. So I was doing the math on this, and just my experience as a player with a strained muscle uh, that is a tear. That's basically a tear. uh, But yet, okay, if you're going to rehab and get treatment around the clock, what's a sensible timetable? So he got hurt back on April 10th, last game of the season. uh, And now they play again on April 21st, which would be Thursday. So, I, I mean, if he's getting treatment around the clock, he could make an appearance in this game. Now, I don't know how effective he will be maybe coming off the bench like we're seeing with Steph. Uh, in the Warriors, but he would provide a lift to that team right now, certainly on the road, and then maybe the Jazz kind of licking their wounds right there, and and certainly maybe a lack of confidence as well as, as we did see those role players step up for the Mavs.
4: Yeah, so first off, you know Jalen Brunson, a guy that I think is about to get paid, paid, yes, paid on the open market here, because uh, I always love his kind of like step back three, will kind of you know fake in, go out, and then nail this three from the mm-hmm. left-handed stroke. It looks right. pretty, uh, you know, night, nice, beautiful, beautiful stroke he's got. But uh, a guy that's going to make a lot of money. I just think you know your um, kind of your breakdown of Doncic is really, really you know interesting because if he's getting around the clock treatment, he's a very young player. And he's moving around pretty good, you know, in his uh, in his Air Jordan sweatsuit there last night on the uh, on the sidelines bridge. So I think if you're playing this angle. I think the only, you know, uh, you know, situation you'd like here would probably be Mavericks getting, what'd you say? Pritch plus, plus 200, 200. Right mm-hmm. yeah. Plus 200 to come back and win this series. Now on the one hand, if you're the jazz, you're like, okay, we split one and one on the road. Typically you're happy to do that. But I think the jazz, you know, they missed an opportunity here with no Doncic. you had to go two and zero, And the fact that you gave that thing up yesterday. I actually think the momentum is here. Momentum is with the Mavericks because, you know, they're supplementary players, they're backup players, they're role players, got them to one-and-one one without Doncic. Now you can maybe say, hey, he's waiting in the wings like Willis Reed or, you know, Paul Pierce on the on uh, on the on the wheelchair there, Pritch. I think that gives you a lot of motivation here and a lot of, you know, hey, we we, we split without Doncic. He might be coming back. I think plus 200 on the serious price for the Mavs is pretty appealing right now. Oh, my
3: now. goodness. How did I forget about Pierce in the wheelchair?
4: <laughs> oh yeah, I can't and believe he's totally I fine. About if that. He, I, yeah, he came yeah. right back out. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I completely forgot about that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, the Warriors minus fourteen hundred. Uh, nuggets, uh, they're done. Uh, plus eight hundred. You talk about watching your soul be taken away from you in front of everybody. That's what the Warriors have done to the Nuggets. Uh, the Joker, look, you're going to get fouled. This is playoff basketball. Why are you complaining like that? Why are you frustrated like that? You're going to get hit. Uh, it's going to be physical. Uh, And so, if you're going to beg and plead to the officials that way, they're going to get tired of that. Uh, And I think that's going to hurt the Nuggets uh, in this series, if not already. I mean, not only that, trying to adjust to that lineup, too, from the Warriors with Steph coming off the bench. uh, But my first half money line situation for the Nuggets was over after that 26-8 and run uh, by the Warriors uh, and taking that lead right around the four-minute mark. I mean, not only – that's why I didn't bet the whole game. Uh, I know we had that analysis as well. But I I was – comfortable laying the money with the money line situation plus 180 with the Nuggets in the first half because of the effort I thought I was going to see. I saw that, but effort is one thing. Losing your heart is another and not being able to adjust is a problem for the Nuggets. And
4: Pritch, we talked, you know, a lot of sharp hits that came through last night. This is one that did not come through. There was liability for sure on the Nuggets there. You were getting the Warriors, one of the most lopsided plays. I think they're getting... 70 80 percent of bets everyone just saying hey they're back and played great game one uh, but yet that line stayed at seven you know pretty much open seven stayed seven so never got to seven and a half never got to eight never got to nine told me liabilities on the nuggets and I think we're coming to a point here Pritch where you know it's almost like the Baltimore Orioles I know this is a, probably a bad analogy here but they have you know sharp reverse line movement or you know they have value as a divisional dog and I know they're actually kind of like 500 this year but uh, can you bang your head against the wall with a team that has value, but really their opponents kind of uh, really show that, you know, they're not up to the task basically. So what I'm getting at is, you know, the Nuggets probably are going to have a lot of value throughout this series, but this Warriors team, just from the, you know, an eye test and, you know, the eye test can sometimes fail you, you know, mm-hmm. really go off the and not the eye test, but the eye test tells me this Warriors team is playing with a ton of confidence. Yep. Curry played what Pritch? 25 minutes, 23 minutes. <laughs> and then they roll there and easily cover that number. So I don't know how high you can set these numbers with the Warriors. I think, you know, if you're on the road, you're minus seven at home. What are you going to be minus four, minus five for this next game here? I do like, though, if you're down 0-2 coming back home, Pritch, I look at um, the goal at at the Nuggets here and the first quarter number. We got to dial that up, but that's one system that a lot of pros (laughs) like. You know, but again, will it, can they stop the Warriors? This team looks like uh, the the team that we were scared of at the beginning of the season. They look unstoppable right Well, now.
3: healthy Warriors, right? And that's what we're seeing right now. And also more confident. I mean, they're getting it done on both ends of the court, uh, right there. So some trends: favorites thirteen and two straight up, uh, nine and six ATS, unders eight and seven throughout uh, the playoffs so far too. So something to keep an eye on right there. Uh, and, the, and the series will shift. Uh, when teams go back home, like, for instance, Memphis and, and the Timberwolves. I'm, I'm curious about our breakdown coming up with that game, a very important game, but a lot to get to, Josh, uh, on the program. We got NFL draft props dropping left and right. We're going to go over some of those and the odds. Coming up next right here on v the Sports Betting Network.
0: And Josh Applebaum on V-Sense. v the sports betting network.
3: Everybody, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app today and stop by any... MGM Casino on the strip with your state-issued ID, open an account, and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. You're going to love the -the state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 years old and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you. And Josh, we're getting multiple reports from the National Football League that indicate the Jaguars still undecided about their selection at number one. They did it last year. I don't know why they'd be undecided. I mean, obviously, it was a uh, a more simple situation when you're going to go get a a franchise quarterback, right? But this year, I think they're up for sale. That's why they might be undecided. Uh, And I'm going to say this right now. As we get more and more props dropping and available to bet, Uh, When we see these exactas, I'm looking for one situation in which we see one, two, and three picks all go edge. Like, for instance, and I don't know what order, whether it's Hutchinson, Walker, uh, Thibodeau, or or reverse order, whatever order, just looking for an exacta situation, because I think – With that number one overall pick up for sale for the Jacksonville Jaguars, you can see people trading up to try to get those uh, game changers. And wide receiver and edge rushers are the players that stand out to me as game changers in this year's draft. So that's a really
4: interesting theory, Prince. I think there's a lot of merit to it because you know you look at the big positional players here. So like quarterbacks, always you know typically your number one pick. There's not a guy at that level right mm-hmm. now that you would think would go number one. Like Malik Willis, you know he's your favorite at this point to be the first quarterback selected. He's minus one fifty-five. It was about minus 180 about, you know, a week or two weeks ago. So still thinking Willis is the first one. Kenny Pickett's plus 130 right behind him. Remember Pickett has been linked a little bit uh, to Carolina here. You know, so looking at, you know, the odds currently on these top three, you still have Hutchinson minus 175. But as you mentioned, I think the Jags, you know, truly maybe don't know which way to go at this point. Remember we look at San Francisco last year where, you know, according to you know who you believe, it was Mac Jones and Trey Lance, and Mac Jones, Trey Lance. Like mm-hmm. they t- didn't really know until the very bitter end here. Maybe you're seeing something similar with the Jaguars, where you know Hutchinson is your favorite. The betting market is you know showing you he's the favorite. Right. But he was as high as like minus 250. You know, just a week ago, now down to minus 175. And to me, the X factor is Trayvon Walker from Georgia, because you're reading a lot of reports about, you know, how Trent Baalke, the GM of the Jags, goes for that, you know, physical freak, you know, gifted specimen, super high upside guy, mm-hmm. which would be Walker versus Hutchinson, who's kind of that, you know, you know, ready to play here in the NFL type player. So to me, the key with the draft that will shake up everything is whether Walker goes one or not. And he's right now plus 140. We could go preach. He was plus 200. I think it's a, it's between Hutchinson and Walker for number one.
3: Yeah. Cause Walker is 65 270. Uh, Hutchinson, 6'6", 265, but I mean, both of them, uh, elite specimens right there. But uh, you think about what Jacksonville already has with Josh Allen on one side. Uh, okay, What are they going to do uh, with a similar type of athlete, or do they want a true defensive end? Hutchinson, you can move around. Walker uh, is projected to be a, a true edge guy, a bend uh, around the corner, edge, pass rusher type of guy. Uh, Thibodeau, who knows whether he's sliding or if he's climbing the boards. Um we have the odds right here on the board, I- Iquanu, 10-1, to 1. not taking a shot there, certainly Evan Neal either. Uh, but the possibility that you could see three edge players going one, two, three, I, I think that's a high uh, probability situation right there when it comes to the draft because just the league is telling you that, whether it's wide receiver and, and franchise-tagged situations. A wide receiver is $18.5 million right now. Uh, You got linebacker, whether it's outside or inside, at 18.7. So they're going to have to reduce those numbers with the draft choices that they can have and and certainly more control of, of those type of players. The game is one on the edges. We know that, Josh, because the league wants more scoring. Uh, And so you're looking at wide receiver becoming a premium position uh, and certainly edge rusher has always been uh, a premium position. And you look at offensive tackle, uh, you know, I I think you can find that later on in the draft, especially these teams with multiple picks uh, in the first round, too. So it gets interesting, very interesting at the top right there uh, with certain positions on the board.
4: It really does. And one guy you mentioned, Aquanu. Uh, remember, we started this off. Don't get me going with Evan Neal <laughs> as that opportunity for the number one pick. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. But uh, I do think there's value on Aquanu to be the first offensive lineman selected, Pritch, If you mm-hmm. look at uh, Benham Jim right now he's minus 190 to be the first offensive lineman selected. you've seen him linked to a lot of these teams early like maybe even uh, the Houston Texans there as mm-hmm. a top five play. Neil's been linked a little bit although you're seeing uh, to the Giants but the Giants are also I don't know if it's a smoke screen or not but Charles Cross. Uh, yeah. another lineman here has been linked to the Giants so uh, you know Gettleman's gone but they still tend to really like these you know offensive linemen or guys in the trenches both sides of it and you can pair him up with uh, Brown who they draft, uh or Thomas Andrew Thomas who they drafted. Couple of years ago to protect your quarterback, see if you can get what you can get out of Daniel Jones at this point. But I would target a Quanu now minus one ninety for first offensive lineman selected. And to your point, Pritch, it's funny how you know if you're a guy like me who's a nerd and looks at mock drafts year round. I just think it's kind of fun to do. If you go back like a year ago, you had Thibodeau, who was, you know, a lot of mock drafts number one overall. Then he slides, and now he's getting back up to the top. So as you mentioned, I'm seeing Thibodeau the favorite now for the second pick overall plus 100. So does he get in that conversation? Yeah, but I think you're right, Brent Hutchinson, Walker, Thibodeau. It's looking like these edge guys are really rounding out your top
3: three. So I was at the Pac-12 championship game out here, Utah and Oregon, and Thibodeau was not. He was not interested. How about that? That's a nice way of saying that he <laughs> dogged it. Uh, And that stood out. That that stands out often to a lot of scouts. You know, you communicate with people in the league and is football important to them, right? You always hear that question. Uh, But I can just go back to that game in particular, uh, and he was not interested. And that was a championship situation, right? And Okay, are you protecting yourself because you're going to be a high draft choice? Perhaps. Uh, But, uh, you know, I think that question mark out there makes it very interesting uh, for Thibodeau. That's why I was looking for those exactos, uh, just to see what what that looks like uh, for that situation with three edge players. And then you got some other edge players that can rise up on the boards as well. Let's get to quarterbacks. So, uh, in my opinion, Josh, I'm looking at quarterbacks in this year's draft. Uh, they, They need to marinate some more. They're not ready yet. I know a lot of people are talking about the upside of Willis. Uh, but here's a draft position. It's over under props. Uh, Willis is 10 and a half. The over is minus 115. The under is minus 115. So, uh, you know, look at Kenny Pickett at 12 and a half. The over minus 120. Uh, and then Ritter, you know, 28 and a half. If you want to take a shot at that, the under is juiced step at minus 120. What do you think of these props here for the quarterbacks?
4: So I'm really hesitant on like an over under position, like a 10 and a half, 12 and a half, 20 and a half. I just think as a better, you're really, really, you know, crossing your fingers that you're going to fall within that number. And you don't know if there's going to be a trade. You don't know if the, you know, team's going to slide. So, you know, if I'm targeting Willis, I'm not really going to bet it's over under 10 and a half. I mean, yeah. I, I would lean a little bit under, uh, but you know, it's minus minus one fifteen both sides. And if you're going to attack these QBs or any kind of player, I'd rather look at, you know uh, you know, would Willis be the first quarterback selected? Like I'd rather, you know, instead of going minus minus one fifteen under I lean a little more to Willis being the first one at what we say minus 155 mm-hmm. uh, to me pickett is interesting 12 and a half because you do have that connection there uh, with Carolina but look at the juice it's over 12 and a half like he may fall a little bit. I would look at the over uh, two and a half uh, quarterbacks in round one. That could be another way to approach this. Like instead of betting an individual QB, you look at, you know, kind of the overall market in round one. At DraftKings, over two and a half is minus 250. I think that was like minus 200 about a week ago. So you are getting steam, you know, to this over for these quarterbacks. So if you look at, you know, the guys who are listed here, Willis Pickett, you're thinking they're going to make it. And can you get, Ritter, Corral, Howell, one of these guys. Corral's kind of sneaky. Some drafts I've, I've mock drafts have seen him a little bit earlier. Maybe New Orleans if they have those two first-round picks now at this point. But Pritch, I know we're up against. It. I just want to throw this one at you for wide receivers. We're seeing Drake London really, really uh fall here a little bit. It was London uh from USC and Wilson kind of as your you your top two here. London's fallen all the way to plus two ten. He was like plus one thirty, I want to say, for your first first wide receiver selected. Uh he has still hasn't tested, he's still got that issue with his ankle. Jamison Williams has now overlapped him plus 160 to be the first wide receiver selected. Your take on this, Pritch, to me, it makes me more confident in Garrett Wilson. I bet him to be the first wide receiver selected. I think he's like plus 130. He's down to plus 115. But I think the takeaway there is Drake London is falling a little bit.
3: Yeah, I mean, I had this discussion with Scott Seidenberg on the look ahead last night. And, um, you know, for wide receivers, it's like a preference thing. Like, I think Garrett Wilson is that game breaker. Uh, Jamison Williams. Uh, Is certainly a game-breaker. And I guess apparently due to reports, he's ahead of schedule with the ACL. And I, I recited that story about Joey Galloway, uh, who had the ACL situation. And then after rehab and the Cybex and all this other – uh, strengthening conditioning you do for an ACL the guy was actually faster He ran a 4-2 uh, after and so if Williams is running a 4-2 already I mean good lord watch out if his ACL is completely healthy which which makes a lot of sense I mean he is a game breaker game changer whereas Drake London he's more of a possession guy and and so it's a preference thing like if you already have an elite receiver or a number one guy maybe Drake London could be your number two but uh, will he be the first wide receiver off the board to me it's all about game breakers uh, Wilson Williams uh, Alave. Those type of players are more game breakers. Dotson as well. But uh, those guys are projected more in the mid uh, part of the first round. Pritch, as
4: long as we get over five and a half, the beast crew is going to be happy. So just give me give me six or more in round one and uh, I'll take it from there. And also it's funny, you know, talk about like guys coming up from back from Tommy John. Right. Sometimes they
3: throw you know, faster than they did before the injury. Yeah, I'll give some information out. Uh, we ran out of time here, but later on in the program about why six wide receivers is going to be a lock. Uh, And this year's draft. So we'll get to that a little bit later. But go back to the NBA uh, for more breakdowns of tonight's game. It's coming next.
0: This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on v the Sports Betting Network.
3: Nicotine pouches is a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. Zen nicotine pouches are smoke-free and spit-free and are made with food-grade ingredients. Just open the child restraint lid, and place a pouch between your upper lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zen is available in 10 varieties and two strengths, three milligrams for fresh nicotine satisfaction and six milligrams for even more nicotine enjoyment. simple and discreet. You can enjoy Zen anywhere and anytime. Find your freedom, find your satisfaction, find your Zen. Visit zen.com, that's z-y-n.com, and learn more and to find Zen nicotine pouches near you. Zen nicotine pouches are for adults over 21 years old who currently use tobacco or nicotine warning this product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical welcome back to the show it's betting across america presented by Betmgm. mike pritchard josh applebaum with you today and so josh back to the nba uh hawks heat i uh, mean i don't know how the hawks uh, win one on the road they're, they're dynamite at home we know that uh, we've highlighted that but lost by 24 points in game one Okay, look, you're playing in a play-in situation. maybe there's some excuses there, but I think Miami's just from a matchup standpoint, too much to deal for the Hawks. So what do you think about this game 2 situation?
4: Yes, this one's interesting to me, Pritch. And again, I think you make, made a really good point about kind of that rest tired. Remember the Hawks had to play, you know, a couple of games there going into it where the heat was, re- Heat were really rested. And you obviously saw the results, you know, in game one, where you pretty much roll there and easily cover the number with the heat. So I'm not going to run to the window and bet the heat in this one, Pritch. You know, if you're looking at the data and the line movement, it really hasn't moved at all. You know, a lot of these books open, you know, Miami heat laying seven and a half. It's, you know, stayed seven and a half. You've had some shops buy back a little bit down to seven at, at certain points, but pretty much staying exactly where it's at. And that's notable to me because you're getting 70% of bets on the heat tonight. It's an automatic bet. Lay the points here. They rolled in game one, they'll roll in game two. But the fact that the line hasn't moved, it's almost a little bit, to me, kind of like that Mavericks game last night Mm -hmm. where heavy betting on the Jazz, but the line wouldn't move. So that's kind of laying me off the heat at this point. You know, if you want to lay the heat, I totally get it. You know, one trend in your favor right now, are these chalk favorites in the NBA playoffs. They're now 12 and five ATS, 71%. If you do see it get up to eight, that would qualify with that favorite with a line move in their favorite system, which is now nine and three ATS. But we really haven't seen it. It's kind of stayed where it's at. Now, on the other hand, do I want to take the points in the Hawks? Not really, Pritch. Uh, My direction here is going to be an overplay. So I think what you're looking for is a little bit of regression here. Game one went under, but Trey Young, Pritch, we got to dial up his props tonight for player props. He was one of 12 for eight points. Is Trey Young going to go 1 of 12 with 8 points again? I don't think so. With that I defense? expect a much Uh, That's true. Maybe not eight, maybe he gets you 15 or 20, but I expect more out of young tonight. Uh, Even though Miami heat, you know, do, as you mentioned, play great defense here. They were a really good over team on the season though, 48 and 34. And Atlanta is number one offensive efficiency team, number 26 defensively, and also put some stock in this line move to the over because mentioned a lot, but you know, last night there was that rare move to the over uh, in the Mavs game ended up going, you know, sailing over and, and cashing. Same thing here, where pretty much every playoff game is getting hit to the under. This total here actually rose. Hawks Heat it opened around 217, but bet up to 219. I'm gonna lean to this over. I'm gonna expect a little more offense uh, from Atlanta and from Trey Young in particular. But I like the fact that it's 50-50 down the middle. Bet MGM over under bets. Yet, this thing has risen. Looks mm-hmm. like a fishy over to me. I'll expect some points and take the over 219.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm mean i expecting points, too. I mean, uh, Trey's too good to, I mean, get shut down like that, right? I mean, uh, kind of kidding that right right there. But, I, I mean, the Heat's defense is phenomenal. But on top of that, uh, the 7.5 is interesting because just looking from an ATS standpoint, the last 10 from Miami, 7-3. Uh, and 4-1 and the last five. So uh, even at minus seven and a half and knowing the bench contribution you get, the production you get all over the court from the Heat as well. Uh, and I don't know if the Hawks going to bring that to the table. At home, at home it changes. But uh, and the Heat, know that too, right? Uh, and so what I was saying earlier in the program about role players understanding getting that energy from the home court. I think the Heat are savvy enough uh, and certainly veteran enough with the role players uh, to understand that, to take care of business here, get that, uh, that win again here against the Hawks. And Minus seven and a half. I don't think that's too bad of a number right there to lay in this game. And it's just tough to Pritch.
4: Cause if you like a dog, I mean, all the data is kind of against you at this mm-hmm. point, these dogs, you know, they've been taken back to the woodshed old yeller style, Pritch. <laughs> it's been rough for dogs here as a contrarian better. I want to bet some dogs. I actually, there are one later today. I do like as a dog, but uh, from a favorite angle, seeing these chalk favorites do so well, I really can't blame anyone, you know, laying the points with Miami to me. It's just, you know, why hasn't the line gone up to eight? Why didn't get up to eight and a half. It's so lopsided yet. It hasn't moved. That's the one thing keeping me off laying the points with Miami. So, to me, I'll lean a little bit more on
3: that line move to the over and sweat the over. All right, let's get to the feature uh, of the evening. And that's Minnesota-Memphis. Uh, bodies on the floor type of game, I think, Josh. Uh, looking at minus six and a half now. Some line movement here Memphis. Uh, Minnesota obviously up one uh, uh, in the series here. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this matchup, the line movement as well. A total of 241 here.
4: Yeah, so I'm going to take the points with the T-Wolves and I like the fact that, you know, after they have that game 1 win, I was thinking they're going to be a really trendy dog here today, but they're mm-hmm. actually not. The right. love for Jaw and the Grizzlies in a bounce back spot is actually kind of superseding the love for the T-Wolves and what they did last game. So, what I like is the fact that at BetMGM, 71% of bets are on the Grizzlies. This is a big big public bounce spot bounce back. You know, take the Grizzlies in this spot, play for recreational bettors. Yet a lot of these books open Grizzlies laying seven, and a lot of these books are down to six and a half. So this is kind of that reverse line move that I'm looking for on a dog in order for a dog to cover here. Public on Grizzlies, yet it fell seven down to six and a half. Tells me some respective money on Minnesota at plus seven. They're also in a really good contrarian spot. Again, only getting 29% of bets. The one thing tripping me up though, Pritch, was a really g- great stat from John Ewing. I think if you're betting on the Grizzlies tonight, this is the stat that you're going to put in your back pocket. Okay. Uh, since 1991, this is from ESPN Stats and Info, if you're a top three seed and you lose game one at home, that game two, you're 39 and 39-5 straight up, you're 33-11 and 11 against the spread. So there is kind of that you know, data that that kind of shows you that these really good teams who lose game one tend to come back and cover the next time out. I would say, on the other hand, though, this is baked into the cake. Wise guys know this and every other stat, and they're still leaning T-Wolves dropping this thing seven to six and a half. So uh, I'm wary of that number. I'm wary of that stat, Rich. It scares me if you're going to bet the T-Wolves here tonight. But the fact that it fell, I'd shop around, try to find a seven. If you can find a seven, my play here is T-Wolves plus seven.
3: Okay, 241 in a game two situation is a high total, too. Um the thing about this game, and you hear quotes, or you read quotes from the players, and uh, they talk about what type of game this is going to be. It gives you information that way as a better. Uh, but it's all about matchups and execution, too. I mean, Cat had 29. What are they going to do? Is it Adams? I mean, what, what, they can't do anything. It's not a good matchup right there uh, unless somebody changes positions. Um, uh, and then you look at Anthony Edwards, who's a superstar in the making, or if he's not there already. Uh, but the wild card for me is D'Angelo Russell. I mentioned this before, the four games that he had against Memphis. The guy averaged 31 points per game. That was a regular season now. Well, if he gets hot, I don't know what the Grizzlies are going to do right there. I think Jaw needs to uh, create more uh, opportunities for more players. He just had eight assists uh, in the first game. Uh, obviously, he can score. We know that. But he's going to have to get a lot more people involved and only eight assists uh, against the Timberwolves. That's, that's not going to cut it it's really not going to cut a pitch and i think you know if you're looking at this total here i would
4: say a high total benefits minnesota maybe more than it does the grizzlies cuz okay. the grizzlies pretty you know good defensive efficiency team now they're great yeah. on offense as well but i think minnesota they've played in so many of these you know 127-124 130 to 127 games they're you know they're comfortable with these high scoring affairs they're the best over team in the nba 51 and 33 in the regular season but with that caveat, you know, it sails over game one. This total did fall a little bit, Pritch. It opened 241 and a half. It's down to 241 or 240 and a half. Now, do you have the stones to bet this under? I think you know, after they, when it's 35-30 after the first quarter, you're like, what am I doing here? Right. Uh, I'd have to lean under just based on what we've mm-hmm. seen from under so far because they are – uh, what are they? 11 and six to the under 65% in the playoffs. If they fall at least a half point, you're eight and three to the under. So they the data in the market is leaning right. under here a little bit. It's just, man, this is going to be a tough one to sweat. If you want to sweat the under. Tonight. I
3: mean, I, I like it. Maybe a little bit more physical game, uh, certainly. <laughs> and then certainly bodies on the floor. I mentioned going after those long rebounds, diving for loose balls, all that, that could make the difference in a matchup like this. Okay. Uh, New Orleans and Phoenix. Um, <laughs> market insights time because uh, I, I could imagine what the, what the betting mark is they're geared towards the suns here. I mean, I it's, it's tilted that way. Are you contrarian enough to take the points with the Pelicans?
4: So I hate it so much that I actually love it. Give me Pelicans plus ten okay. here, here, and I'll tell you why, like last night, you know, tip my cap to the public as Pedro Martinez said to the Yankees, tip my cap, him my daddy public was my daddy last night, obviously in that <laughs> game against uh, with golden state. Cause they cover the number, But Golden State last night was getting like 85% of bets. Here's another incredibly lopsided one. At BetMGM, look at the numbers right now, 86% on the Suns, Mm -hmm. 89% of money. Huge, huge, huge public play to the Suns. Can't blame anyone who wants to lay the points. Again, favorites, line moves with favorites have done well. But this is actually going the other way, Pritch. A lot of these books open, Suns laying 10, and now it's down to 9.5. So if it's 86% of bets, everybody and their mother at 10 o'clock tonight, primetime, which will be your most heavily bet game, Mm -hmm. sweating Phoenix, then why didn't that 10 get up to 11? Why didn't get up to, you know, 11 and a half, 12. It's actually tipped down a little bit. So my angle here is kind of the same thing with the T wolves. I will play this dog. I took Pelicans plus 10. I think if you're a book right now and you're at nine and a half, uh, I would wait and try to get that 10 with the Pelicans uh, because I think, you know, closer to game time, you're going to get so much love for the sons that you're probably going to see that 10 pop up again.
3: Yeah. I mean, give the Pelicans credit. I mean, they did go on that run, uh, but then Chris Paul decided to shoot the ball and, That's the thing about Chris Paul, man. The fourth quarter he's such a clutch player. Uh, So good luck with that one, Josh. Have a bomb for sure. I'm gonna need it. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, More betting across America continues after this break. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would
5: win a one-on-one, Yeah, I, Yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard, like, you see him in the <laughs> Olympics, he's going to guard, and then on I'm top not of it, like that. like that, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying, tears, <laughs> crying. Tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock, and then he's going to withdraw about winning. Remember
2: what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college, because he didn't
3: it? Ain't it? <laughs>
5: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This
0: is
3: Betty Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum. VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. All right, new customers get to discover BetMGM, the king of sports books. Sign up today and win $200 if you place a $10 wager on any NBA playoff game, and either team hits a three-pointer regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSEN 200 when you make your first bet to take advantage of this offer. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 years old. It's a new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum. So back to the draft here quickly, Josh. Um, The wide receiver... Uh, situation making waves. I mentioned the, the franchise tag number right now is 18 and a half million. It's only going to climb because of the new contracts, Devontae Adams, Terry Kill, and all these guys. And you're seeing all these receivers and second round guys in particular step up and say, hey, I'm not showing up and boycotting till I get a new deal. Um, they're trying to avoid the whole franchise tag thing and, and certainly draw out uh, contract negotiations. Let me strike now why the, the wide receiver market is hot. So you got Debo doing this, uh, A.J. Brown doing this, McLaurin doing this. All these guys, they're not first-rounders. So they're trying to beat the punch to the market. They're trying to get ahead of the game here. So all these teams in the National Football League, they want to lower that number, and they certainly want more control over that position. And the only way to do that is draft these guys in the first round because you got four four, four, uh, years. Uh, And then you also have the option year. And then you can franchise tag them after that if you want. The veteran players are resetting the market. So when you see these guys like Debo and A.J. Brown, and okay, they've outplayed their contracts, I get that. But yet, are our teams willing to deal with that? Or do these guys want to become those free agents and participate in the lottery uh, and cash in that Powerball situation, which that's happening for wide receivers? So that's why I think you can see minimum six wide receivers go uh, in the first round. You might see seven. Uh, Matt humans had seven in his mock draft um, points per weekly. So uh, you might see seven wide receivers, but I I think six wide receivers. We're going to see that happen in the first round this year.
4: So, Pritch, this is why we keep you around. What great intel there (laughs) on how the league, you know, you look at the overall, you know, kind of uh, factors at play and then apply it to, you know, the prop market, which I think is fascinating. So I think you're totally spot on. A lot of these second-round wide receivers, number one, I want to know, do their teams play hardball with them? Do they say, nope, you know, you you can, you know, hold out, do whatever you want, but we have your rights and we're not going to, you know, let you go? Or does someone bowl them over with an offer? Like, does someone, you know, give up, Two first-round picks for Debo Samuel, or some kind of crazy, uh, you know, too good to be true Godfather type offer. That's what I'm interested in. But I really like this the most because it solidifies that prop bet. Which, again, if you're betting it now, you're really getting the worst of it, up to around like minus two fifty, minus mm-hmm. three hundred on that over five and a half. But if you bet it a little bit early, when we were talking about this prop bet, you're feeling good because we were closer around minus one eighty. And Pritch, these are the names that you're really seeing if you're going to cash this this play: uh, Wilson, Jameson Williams, Drake London. Burks, Olave, and then you're going to need you know, Watson, Pickens, Dotson, one of these other guys to sneak in. But I'm with you. If this is the way the market is trending, you want to get these guys with that fifth-year option with more team control, which really leads to uh, maybe more wide receivers than usual going in round one, which is what I'm hoping for, yeah.
3: Fingers crossed. Yeah, because you have these second-rounders in year four and final year of the contract. are going to be on uh, unrestricted free agents next year. Uh, And so they're trying to cash in now with their teams, or they know they're going to be free agents next year, and they can cash in that way. But uh, if you draft a guy in the first round, kind of like Lamar Jackson, you you have time on your side, like the Baltimore Ravens have, and they're not rushing that contract situation with Lamar Jackson. Uh, So as the number gets elevated with wide receivers, we're going to keep seeing that. So uh, the influx of wide receivers, too, there's more elite wide receivers coming into the league than the Devonte Adams of the world, right in the national football league right now. So uh, I think teams have their eye on that. I'll highlight this again uh, in terms of the youth camps that the NFL sponsors too. And they, they have these books on these receivers, Josh, well before college even. Uh, and so, <laughs> so the information is out there for a lot of these teams of these playmakers about the end of the draft.
4: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, Pritch, I know back in the day it was cool to be a wide receiver. It's still cool now, but think about where the money is going. You know, if you're a young football player and you want to, you know, you have a lot of potential, you know, do you want to play defense? No, you want to play wide receiver. You want the ball in your hands. You want to make these plays, but there's a financial aspect to it. Seeing these, you know, these contracts, you know, really get higher and higher every year. Now with legalized sports betting in many states, you know, the TV revenue, these numbers are only going to go up and up and up. So I think there's kind of a, a macro, you know, situation at play here, which is really leading to a lot of these wide receivers, you know, each year, especially with a lot of the the you know the college uh, type, you know, passing offense being applied to the NFL, Pritch. It's kind of a great transition for a lot of these really good wide receivers.
3: All right, let's get to Major League Baseball. The Market Insight Podcast again, so much information that you can get from Josh Applebaum each and every day, but we have some double headers. Uh, uh, taking place uh, today, Josh, and some games underway. I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, you have action on some games <laughs> today,
4: right now. So I've have, I have action on one right now, okay. Pritch. And again, we're at bottom of the eighth. It's three to one. But I took Washington in the game one of this double or uh, this first game here. They opened like minus one twenty-five. They got steamed up all the way to around minus one forty-five. And this would be my angle of you know your non-division home favorite. You don't have to worry about that divisional mm-hmm. dog type angle. So sweating that one right now, Pritch. I would just say you know I would always take each game individually, but there is a bit of a uh, a slight edge in Game Two of a doubleheader okay. uh, toward toward sweeps and toward favorites, Pritch. Like you know, if a lot of times you know the preconceived notion is doubleheader, twin bill, they'll split. One team will win one. They'll be happy about it. They won't play as well. Game two, the other team will win it. But you look at, you know, historically, I think it's about 54% that the game one winner wins game two as well. Also keep an eye out for lineups. Like, you may rest some guys in game Mm -hmm. two. A lot of times with that favorite, it's, hey, your bullpens, you know, in a better situation. Maybe you're playing some of your starters more than the other team. That's the angle there with those sweeps in that game two favorite. Couple of games to keep an eye out for, though, today, Pritch. Uh, I'm going to bet against my Red Sox tonight. <laughs> it's Toronto going up to Boston. And uh, in this game here, I just think it's good value on Toronto. Uh, they're a plus money spot here. They open getting like. Plus 135, they're down to around plus 125, little movement to the Jays. Also in that divisional dog high total standpoint. They'll take a shot on Toronto, you're getting plus money. Also look at uh, Chicago Cubbies at home. They're at home against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay opened like minus 130. They're down to around like minus 115. A lot of movement is coming in here on the Cubs at home. Kind of a really, you know, contrarian play with the reverse line move toward Chicago. And I like those line moves in those interleague matchups because it kind of tells you, Lack of familiarity. Maybe that smart money is more predictive than usual. Another dog, Pritch, and I'm annoyed I didn't take Colorado yesterday. We oh, were talking man. about don't lay with the Phillies, <laughs> but I'll do it today. Watch, I'll bet them today and they'll lose. i I'll lay off them yesterday they win. That's how it always goes. But um, I would look at Colorado again today. Public will not quit Philly. It's kind of fascinating to me, Pritch. A lot of name recognition, a lot of star players, But yet, do they really kind of, you know, prove it to you on the field? Not really. They're below 500. They're another popular play today with Gibson against Kyle Freeland. They open around like minus 130. They've pretty much stayed or fallen, you know, toward Colorado here. So Colorado with a good run differential, they're at home getting plus money. I'll take a shot on the Rockies here, plus 120.
3: Well, yeah, plus 118 on the board here. Freeland has been roughed up. uh, And the Phillies, they're bats because the Phillies are in the portfolio. So are the Rockies. Uh, So just looking at the Phillies, they are not swinging it well. Bryce Harper's got an injury. He's DHing right now. But um, at some point, their bats are going to start to be alive, I think, right? And uh, is this a get-right situation for the Phillies uh, on the road against Freeland, uh, who got roughed up uh, his other time out there? So I think that's kind of the angle
4: with maybe the public Phillies do. They haven't batted very well. I'm looking at their numbers, Pritch. They're hitting, what, 240, something 240 on the year, whereas Colorado's hitting, like, 282. So you have that advantage with Colorado at home. But Mm -hmm. I think the Philly, to me, is more of a team, like, you know, when you get into the summer months, you know, July, August, it's hot. Citizens make ballpark is a really pitcher, sorry, a really hitter-friendly type ballpark, especially with the wind blowing out that's when I think you're going to bet on Philly as of now new players, moving parts. I think they're overvalued right now. I'll take Colorado with some plus money. And then Pritch also keep an eye out uh, later tonight. uh, Houston Astros. It's not a huge line move against the angels, but the angels have a bunch of injuries. Framber Valdez is on the bump for Houston. They're on minus 150. They're creeping up a little higher right now. But I like this spot with Houston at home against the angels. I'll lay it with the Astros. Okay.
3: Tonight. Yeah. Looking at San Francisco and the Mets right now, two, one pitching a matchup. It's game. Two is going to be pitching matchup too. Josh. So mm-hmm. Your information about double headers here. Uh, when you got Scherzer on the bump, uh, you know, for the Mets uh, coming up uh, in the game two situation and the giants rotation has been surprising though. Right. And, Uh, low-scoring games, uh, and and certainly for this situation, uh, what is the market telling you uh, in this game two situation? 124 minus 124 for the Mets.
4: Yeah, Pritch, you hit the nail on the head. Great pitching matchup. Webb against Scherzer. Mm-hmm. And don't sleep on Webb. This guy is turning into, you know, might not recognize the name, but turning into a, you know, a bona fide ace here in the Major League Baseball. So a little bit of movement back toward uh San Francisco. Okay. You know, a lot of these books did open. I think Scherzer was like minus one thirty. He's down to, you know, close to minus one twenty. I would just recommend if you're gonna bet game two of a double header, wait for the first game to end and then stay glued to the line movement yeah. as soon as that game ends because that can sometimes tell you, okay, maybe, you know, a big guy is out, or maybe, you know, the the bullpen gets taxed. I like waiting for the game one to end and then look at the line movement later.
3: uh Once, but once you get ready for game two. Yeah, absolutely. Great information today, Josh, and great job as always. Uh, and certainly, you know, giving out picks. or not here on the program, but uh, our Vsin best bet emails. You can also find picks out there as well. To so become a subscriber, the vsin.com. You can do that uh, and get those picks that way. Great job, Josh. We'll see you tomorrow. Good luck. Rich, we're going to Sizzler on Marcus Smart tonight. Let's <laughs> yes, go. Yes, we are. I'm going to go <laughs> dance right now. The Edge coming up next right here on VSEN. the Esports Betting Network.
0: If you dare.